This next topic uh, kind of caught me by surprise. It shouldn't, but it did. Uh, and Alatley, how do you feel about federal inmates being given, you know, clean needles to shoot up behind bars? It doesn't actually matter how you feel because it's going to happen. Two prisons, one in Ontario, the other in New Brunswick, are going to be taking part in a, I guess, a pilot project that will get inmates a clean needle exchange program in place so that they don't catch or spread diseases while they do their drugs behind bars. Health advocates, even prisoners, of course, have been pushing for this, saying that the drugs in jail, the uses is rampant and that uh, hepatitis, things like, say, HIV are, are a big threat and that clean needles will reduce the spread. Of course, it was a campaign promised by the liberals. So health advocates, you know, the prisoners naturally are thrilled. But if you're in charge of those inmates, what's in it for you? Because you're going to have a lot of safety risks. You know, nice pointy needle. Gee, what could go wrong? A lot of them are saying they don't even have the training. I wonder if they even had a say. But I got to be honest, I don't understand why this government would put money in getting needles in instead of getting the drugs out and the addicts clean. Isn't that what jail is supposed to be? It's a correction? You know, get you better and rehab you? I guess not. Let's bring in Jason Godin. He's the national president of the Union of Canadian Correctional Officers. Hello there. Hi, Alex. Well, uh, you probably heard my preamble. Um, And where are you on this? What are your thoughts? Well, to be honest with you, it's rather baffling uh, that the government would move in this direction. And there's there's all kinds of reasons why. I mean, first of all, um, what's interesting is we have several harm reduction strategies already in place mm-hmm. in our federal institutions, which is actually declining the rates of infectious disease. So, so how does that work? It's interesting. Well, I mean, basically, we have all kinds of things like condoms, dental dams, bleach. We have a huge methadone program that's multi-million dollar mm-hmm. uh, program to try to wean inmates off of drugs. So it's it's a little bit of a surprise to us that we're going to try to operationalize and condone uh, the use of drugs inside of our facilities. I mean, the mission statement of the Correctional Service of Canada is to, you know, encourage these, these individuals to become law-abiding citizens. Right. And that's what we believe our role is. And, you know, at this stage of the game, we're kind of scratching our heads going, okay, well, wait a minute, we're dealing with huge number of overdoses now, and now we're going to condone additional drug use uh, inside of our facilities. So we suspect there'll be a lot more overdoses uh, on top of what we already are dealing with. So again, there's really no logic in this. And, and um, you know, we've already got research supporting that the harm reduction strategies we have now are already working. So uh, I'll tell you what's really scary for the Canadian public, you know, and we're all members of the community, uh, you and I both, is that, you know, if you look at statistical data from police agencies, over 50% of the offenders uh, that, are, that are behind our, our, our walls, uh, you know, committed their drugs while high on drugs mm-hmm. uh, or committed their crimes while high on drugs. And that's something that Canadians need to be a little bit aware of because, you know, to be quite honest with you, I mean, I think you said in your opening, it's more important for us to to get these individuals off drugs so they're not committing more crimes in the community. So correctional officers are extremely confused at their role these days because, you know, we're obviously supposed to uphold the law. And at the same time, we're supposed to contribute to the rehabilitation or successful rehabilitation of offenders back in the community. So this clearly uh, goes against, uh, you know, what the principles of the organization are itself and even what their own mission statement uh, speaks to. 
So let's get to that point about upholding the law. I know that there are drugs that get into jails, but I mean, at what point is it not uh, the job of, of the government with uh, corrections to to somehow come up with a way to stop them from going in? And and is the problem of things like heroin use and things that require a needle, is it worse now? How, is it is it uh, something that's always been a problem? Well, I mean, drugs coming into our facilities have always been an issue because inmates are very creative. I mean, we have everything from drones to body cavities to tennis balls to bows and arrows, you name it. However, that being said, there is more that we can do. And, you know, we have principal entrances that we have drug dogs. We have ion scanners that that trace drugs. Um, We can get a lot tighter on that. Sadly enough, uh, the organization doesn't seem to want to get tighter on those things. And, you know, as an example, if you and I were to go to the airport and we had, you know, drug residue on us and, yeah. it, and it exceeded a certain threshold, you and I aren't getting on the plane. Right. Uh, in, our, in our world, um, you know, a visitor can come to the front entrance, you know, go beyond the threshold level for the drug and then be allowed in on a threat risk assessment. So, you know, it's, 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 we can do a lot more and we believe that's our role and responsibility as correctional officers. The sad thing is about the introduction of the needles is it's almost impossible to operationalize. In fact, what they're proposing is they're going to do a threat risk assessment. So Alex is the good inmate. She can have the needle. Jason's the bad inmate, and he's next door. So how are we going to prevent Jason from going to use Alex's needle and potentially using it against a correctional officer? Because right. remember, remember, I'm the bad guy. So, you know, there, there's, there's very little logic in what they're putting on the table. In addition to this, we have no health care. We've been advocating you know, for the federal government to provide 24-hour-a-day health care, because obviously we're now going to experience even more overdoses than we're experiencing now. Um, you know, and what's a corrections officer's officer to do? You know, if I'm walking by the cell and this individual is authorized to, to use a needle, um, you know, what is my role? Do I try to go in the cell and search and look for drugs and confiscate them, or what is it that I'm going to do? You know, our, our advocates would say that you know, this, this has been successful in Europe, but, you know, to be honest with you, most of the European, a lot of European countries have abandoned this. I can also recall back in 2005 when they introduced, uh, believe it or not, uh, tattoo parlors yep. uh, inside of our facilities, and that completely went off the rails because, lo and behold, uh, some of our, our, our interest groups don't understand that there's a subculture that exists behind the walls of our penitentiary, and guess what? the ink went missing. Yeah. So, you know, again, you know, the tattooing went on, you know, but however, you know, our, our, our view of the world is, you know, from a correctional officer's point of view is we're supposed to pr- protect society and at the same time make sure that when these guys are coming back into the street, they're still not addicted to drugs. And that's a concern for all of us. Right. And so let me ask you this, because what would be the, I guess it seems obvious, but the major concern then for your officers that they'll get poked by a, a hep C, you know, positive, um, um, you know, virus or that they get hurt just because the needle is turned into a weapon? And would the inmates then be able to keep these needles or do they have to automatically hand them over? Well, part of the problem is they're going to be authorized through this threat risk assessment, like I told you. Now, you know, as we all know, human behavior is extremely unpredictable while somebody's on drugs. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we, we just can't sit there and say, well, it's okay. Alex is safe. We've, you know, we've checked it all out. Well, 90% of these offenders are inside because they've committed some kind of a violent crime. 
So how can we predict human behavior of somebody who's going to shoot up a needle? Mm -hmm. You know, we would prefer to try to keep as much drugs out as possible, which lowers the risk of overdose, and it also lowers the risk of correctional officers getting hurt. You know, even CSC publicly said, oh, well, you know, there's been no needle stick attacks on correctional officers. Well, that's not true. I've been in the service for 27 years, and I'm aware of three very serious needle attacks on corrections officers. So, you know... At the same time, we should be spending more of our money on prevention and treatment. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why the, the rates are going down in our institutions is because we have cures for hepatitis C. We have treatment drugs for HIV. So, again, the logic in spending the money on this type of a program versus the logic in, in care and treatment is, is, is a lot more sensible. And trying to wean these guys off of drugs is what we should be really doing. I mean, that's what the methadone programs were for, to try to slowly bring these people off. You know, so the correctional officer is standing there caught in the middle. Um, we're, we're almost in an impossible situation. What's really sad is, is the liberals, you know, didn't consult with us. Right. I mean, we're the men and women that run the prison 24-7, 365 days a year. Just quickly before I let you go, do you have any way to push back or prevent this? This is going to be in a female and a male prison for now, but likely uh, brought into all of them at some point. Do you have any um, grounds to stand on to fight back? Well, I think our grounds are to continue to try to educate the politicians about our reality. I mean, the fact of the matter is that this is clearly the wrong way to go. You know, talk to the men and women that are running the institution. I mean, that's the first step we should have been doing is saying this government, you know, prides itself on consulting. Well, it didn't consult with us. Secondly, you know, one of the things that we're certainly going to see is from a safety aspect, our members are going to be looking at it through the lens of the Canada Labor Code. You know, more or less, you know, forcing the issue around, okay, what's the risk to me if I go down the range and Johnny's got a needle in his cell and I have to go in there? What risk is there? You know, did he assault somebody two days ago? Yeah. Was he violent on drugs? So we'll use the Canada Labor Code uh, if, if, the, if the situation presents itself. In the meantime, we'll continue to advocate, uh, try, to, try to get, you know, people to understand that we're not, we're not a regular community. This is the part about reduction, harm reduction strategies. There's the community out in the public but there's a community behind the walls of a penitentiary. So it's about educating the advocates to make them understand we're not a normal community. Right. The reality is these individuals have been sentenced by the courts, which we believe in the justice system, and they, they have con- com- committed some pretty serious crimes, mm-hmm. and a lot while they were on drugs. So, sure. you know, we have to make sure that, unfortunately, those people that don't work inside realize that it's not the same type of community as out in the public. Uh, I've got to let you go. I'm up against a hard break, Jason, but I would ask you no to uh, stay in touch with yeah. us and let us know how the pilot goes. And we'll have a hopefully have a conversation with you and, and find out how it's going. Absolutely. My pleasure, Alex. Thanks for chatting with us today. Thank you so much. That is Jason Godin. He is the national president of the Union of Canadian Correction uh, Correctional Officers. I think this is ludicrous. Ludicrous. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.